Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is the podcast about all of the dumb things that people do for love. Welcome to episode 42. Hello, Sally. Hello, it's almost like you're in the same room, Jen. No, but it's not. You guys, we just had the saddest exchange ever. Um, Sally had to drop. Well, if you don't know, you know, we're all in quarantine right now. So Sally and I are recording via, um, what is this? Zencaster. Zencaster. But uh, Sally had to drop the microphone off to me. So we said hello through the window. It was so and sad. Our kids waved to each other, and we're trying to talk to each other through the glass. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Max just wanted to play. He was like, I "Maybe I can go ride my scooter with them." And I was like, "No, buddy. I'm I sorry." Oh uh, yeah, he yeah. Was like I just want to hang out with Moise. Oh, <laughs> Sully. <laughs> Man, we're we're doing the best we can. How are you guys all doing? We hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. Um, I think uh, in the scheme of things, I keep thinking, you know, it's it. this is so hard, but it's also we're so lucky oh, because yeah. it's so much harder for so many people. And so I have to just keep reminding myself and then being like, it's okay that it's hard. It's okay that I'm not finding this working full-time, parenting full-time, not leaving, just the stress and scariness of it all. Like, it's okay that that's overwhelming sometimes, but also I need to remind myself that like I have it so good right now. Right. Yes. We're all very lucky that we can be with right now. Knock on wood. Everyone in our family seems to be healthy right now. And, you know, we can just like be at home, watch the shows that we like, eat the food that we want. You know, we're just, we're very, very lucky. So. Yeah. We're, we're very lucky. Um, but it's yeah. still hard. It's yeah. still hard. It's it still so sucks. Hard. It still sucks big balls. <laughs> Giant balls. So I think we should just like quit this bullshit and start with our quickies. Yeah, let's do our quickies. Am I first? Sure. I'm first. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So Jen, maybe we've talked about this before, but what is your favorite movie? It's, I don't know. A lot of people might agree with me on this and it's a weird one, but my favorite movie is Casino. I can watch it over and over. I should say one of the Godfathers. I do love the Godfather movies. If Oh, I should start by saying um, I just love mob movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're comforting to me. They're like, you know. You're like, oh, they're my people. Blanket. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, could. I've fallen asleep to Casino like a thousand times. That's my like anxiety blanket. What if machine gun? I'm trying to think of how because okay, so my quickie is about a guy who used his girlfriend's favorite movie to propose, and I'm trying to think how Zach could have used Casino to propose to you. <laughs> Maybe oh, he would just man. put the ring in a pile of uh, of pile of cocaine, or I was gonna say a pile of money. Just like a pile of money or giving me like suitcases full of jewelry. Even though I don't even like jewelry and I could care less about diamonds and stuff, just the idea of like being Sharon Stone in Casino for five minutes would be amazing. This woman had a little sweeter favorite movie. So when Lee Lockler decided to propose to his high school sweetheart, Stuthy David, he decided to do it with her favorite movie, Sleeping Beauty. Aww. So Lee is a filmmaker 
And so he spent six months so reanimating her. Wait, wait, it's me roofing her. Wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh God, it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just put her in like a fever dream with uh, small <laughs> yeah. children running around. He spent six months reanimating the end of the movie to use in his proposal. So He contacted the theater in their hometown of Brookline, Massachusetts, and asked if he could host a fake film screening for the proposal, and the theater said yes. And then he made a Reddit post asking for 20 strangers to uh, attend a free screening of Sleeping Beauty so that her closest friends and family could hide in the back of the theater and watch the proposal without being recognized. Wow. And And then he knew that like he, if he invited her to the screening, that she would be like, something's up. So instead, he forwarded a fake email announcement about the movie screening to her mother. And then a few days later, her mother casually mentioned like, oh, I bought tickets to this. Um, I bought like five. Do you want to come and and bring Lee? And then Suthi actually invited Lee to her own proposal without knowing it. I so then, say, this all, I'm sure this ends nicely, but I have to say it worries me. <laughs> How awful of a liar this man is. <laughs> very detailed. Right? It is he is very good at this. Yeah. Yes. So okay. the movie the movie played and it went on kind of like it normally would. And then it got to the scene, the end scene where the prince kisses Aurora. And you could see Suthi, she was like visibly confused. So the hair and the skin color start changing color. And then the, the prince starts looking like him. And oh my you can, so I'll, I'll, we'll, uh, there's a YouTube video of the whole thing of like the screen, what's going on on the animated screen and then her watching it. And she's like, her face is like, what the fuck is this? Like she looks very like, what the hell? And then the on-screen prince holds up a ring box And then he tosses it up in the air. And then Lee stands up in the theater and pretends to catch it in the front row. And then he gets down on one knee and proposes. Wow. And he said, he said, I love you with my whole heart, including all of its ventricles, atriums, valves. And then he goes to the crowd. He's like, she's a cardiologist. Uh (laughs) And she's like so confused. She's just like, oh, these, she goes, these poor people who had to watch their movie, (laughs) like their movies just (laughs) disrupted. And he's like, they're all in on it. And then that's when she notices like all of her friends and family are in the back And so, and then of course she says yes, and then they walk outside, and then the theater has changed its marquee while they're in there, and it says, congratulations. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's great. It's so sweet. I know. I mean, I'm not trying to be a hater. I know I was joking before. I think that that's so sweet, and it's so thought out, well thought out. Oh my God. But it's a lot. I mean, I'm just like, no way. No way. <laughs> oh, man. So what's your quickie? I I got that from the Good News Network, of course. Uh, of course. Oh, my God. Okay, so yours is from the Good News Network. Very, very nice. Mine is from a little website called uh, clickorlando.com. So. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know it. I'm there uh, all the time prepare yourself. I have to say, you know, being in quarantine has made me a a little cuckoo, a little (laughs) crazy. So this is a very silly, silly 
crazy quickly. Okay. So this actually just, this article just came out on March 26th, which was just a couple of days ago. So this just happened. So this article is from clickorlando.com and it was written by Adrian Cutway. So in Clearwater, <laughs> Florida, police came upon a couple that were found naked and wrestling in their car, inside their car that was parked outside of a Florida mall. <laughs> and they were fighting. They, the Police were called around 9 p.m. on Sunday night. When they arrived, they spotted 21-year-old Robert Janish of Minnesota, actually. He's not even from Florida. And his girlfriend. And they were in a naked fight when (laughs) deputies arrived. They had to separate the two. And the the woman did have some injuries to her neck, according to the Hmm. police. The woman told the officers that she and her boyfriend were having sex in the car outside of the Clearwater Mall. And afterwards, she needed to urinate, so she stepped out of the car, did so, and then used a napkin to wipe herself clean. And then Uh when she got back in the car, she accidentally tossed the napkin onto Janish, her boyfriend. (laughs) And so apparently he freaked out and was like, you just threw a fucking pee napkin on me. And they kept referring to it when they were like telling the police what happened. They kept referring to it as a quote unquote pee napkin. I love, well, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a pee napkin. Get your damn pee napkin. Yeah, but apparently the fight got so bad that he ended up choking her for a few seconds, but she was able to scream for help, which is where people heard her and then were able to call the police. Apparently, Janish admitted that they had been drinking um, Mm -hmm. beforehand and had sex, and then he got mad when she threw the quote-unquote pee napkin at him. And apparently they had been drinking on on the beach all day and then I guess decided to go by the Clearwater Mall for a quick... Because they were like, nobody's going to be there. Yeah. It's going to be an empty parking lot. I guess. Oh, yeah. Because I guess everything's on quarantine. I didn't even think about the fact that this is a quarantine. It's a quarantine quickie. It's a quarantine quickie. So he was arrested on the charge of domestic violence by strangulation. And I I have no other news on what has come of the P-napkin couple. Yeah, P-napkin. We'll we'll see what happens. Don't worry. You'll see a picture of Robert Janish is his name and- I'm just going to go ahead and say once again that I think a little drug called meth may have something to do. <laughs> so you got a touch of the meth face? A touch of the meth face. Touch yeah. of the meth face. I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Robert. Right. But also, Hit us up, Robert. Let us know. Yeah. We want to know. <laughs> um, I will eat my words if I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my quiggy. All right. I love it. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Are you ready for a crazy story? Yeah. I think that I have nothing we're also going to – in my life right now. Is <laughs> I, I don't want to – like, I, I don't know how much you know about geography, but I will say that I learned something in my research of this story. So maybe this is like one of those things where it's like, you know, people are like, hey, take a class, do whatever – uh, maybe learn something during this time. And I just want to say that I, I'm going to try to help everybody out. Good. I'm terrible at geography. I know not like I, where is Hawaii? Is it up? Is it down? Is it left? Is it right? I mean, I don't know. You and me both. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Never been. Ben once asked Aaron and I, but Dr. Dudefuck and I, we were, when we first met, we're from Ohio. He was like, Ohio borders West Virginia, right? And we were like, no, definitely no. 
we would know if it did were from there. Uh, it turns out that it has a huge fucking border with West Virginia. <laughs> and then Ben and I ended up moving there like 10 years later. And I was like, this is the universe telling me that I should learn some geography. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, North Carolina is right above Georgia. And I was like, but what about South Carolina? We didn't even get there yet. It's like, what's that? It's so confusing. It's so confusing. Uh, okay, so my crazy story uh, takes place in the country of Lesotho. Okay. Which is a small African country that is actually completely surrounded by South Africa. Okay. So, it is one of three independent states in the world that is surrounded by another country, Vatican City, and then another one, San Marino, which I also don't know where that is. So Lesotho is a small mountainous country, and it's on the eastern side of South Africa, and it has a population of about 2 million people. So the country was under British rule from 1869 to 1966. And then once it regained independence, Lesotho has had kind of like a rocky history of leaders who are elected and then overthrown. But then in 2002, Lesotho had its first peaceful election where the opposition parties actually won a significant number of seats in the parliament. So I don't know, it's kind of like reading about it. It it, there's it's a complicated country you know it's like this beautiful mountainous landscape it has the highest literacy rate among african countries but it also then has one of the highest hiv rates and has extreme yeah. poverty because because the landscape is so hard to kind of do any kind of agriculture they have had serious drought and so they have one of the highest rates of poverty as well so and this is just an aside but this is how people might know it in popular culture, but in the film Black Panther was actually the director, Ryan Coogler, said that his depiction of Wakanda was inspired by Lesotho. So, Oh, really? Oh, cool. So the prime minister of Lesotho is an 80-year-old man named Tom Tabane, and Tabane served as the prime minister from 2012 to 2015, and then he was overthrown, and then he was reelected again in 2017. So actually in 2014, at the end of his first reign, he had to flee to South Africa because he thought he was he was in danger. And then, but then he came back, and so then he was reelected. And my story is about him. So, Ew. in 1987, Tabane married a woman named Lipoello, and he was actually she was his second wife. And together, they raised the four children from Tom's first marriage, and Lipoello legally adopted one of the children who was autistic and raised all four of them as her own. And people generally viewed her as quiet and unassuming. She was not political at all. Her friends say she kind of was very accommodating to all of uh, Tom's family and clan and that she kind of played the role of the traditional housewife that she really didn't want anything to do with politics. So in 2009, the couple separated, but they actually didn't divorce. So Tom didn't file to, for divorce until July of 2012 when he was elected as prime minister. And by that time, he was already living with a 34-year-old woman named Messiah. And when he became prime minister, Messiah was acting as the first lady, even though they were not actually married and he was still married to Lipoello. So... Until this time, Lipoello has been seen as kind of this meek, apolitical woman who wanted, like, she preferred to live in the country. She hated the big city, but she decided to fight back. She had kind of been left, like, high and dry, like, no 
money, nothing when Tom left her. And Messiah was now she's seeing this young woman who's half of her husband's age, and she's getting all of these perks of being the first lady. So Lipaello filed a lawsuit and asked that she be recognized as the first spouse. And this lawsuit dragged on. But then in 2015, at the end of his first term of prime minister, the high court actually ruled in her favor and ordered that the government stop using state funds to support Messiah. So it ruled that she, that Messiah had to stop performing any functions and exercising any rights that have been vested in Lipuelo as the first spouse. And this was kind of like a humiliating loss for the prime minister and Messiah. So because they were still, they were married and. Yeah. So they were still married. So they were like, you have this woman living with you who is acting for all intents and purposes, all intents. All intensive purposes. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. I've had half, half of a cold brew. They're not married. So being the first lady came with like things like a car and um, some money and like protection. And and basically Lipoello was like, I want those things. I'm still married to him. We're never divorced. So so the ruling actually meant until their divorce was finalized that she had to be Lipoello was the legally recognized as his spouse and the government had to take care of her. But then it was 2015 and and Tom was out as prime minister. So the ruling really, it didn't really have any teeth. It was kind of just like a gesture, you know? Right. So, and that is kind of where things stood until 2017 when Tom Tobain was elected once again as prime minister. And so although he had now been living with Messiah as husband and wife for over five years, his divorce with Lipuelo had still not been finalized. It was when he was sworn as prime minister because of the court ruling, Lipuelo would once again be recognized as the first spouse and have all the rights and perks and protections that came along with that. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that never actually happened because just two days before his inauguration, 58-year-old Lipoello Thabane was returning to her home in the small village of Hasmana on the outskirts of the capital when she was shot several times at close range and died in her car on the side of the road. And a friend, Fatu Sibola, was with her, and she was also shot, but she survived. So when the police initially investigated the murder, they concluded that unknown criminals carried out the attack I mean, after all, Lipoello was not a person in the spotlight. She wasn't a political figure. And unfortunately, random attacks like this were not unheard of. And most people accepted it as a horrible tragedy. And um, Tom Tobain called her murder a senseless killing. And people speculated that it was possible that Lipoello may have been killed by supporters of Tom Tobain's political party. Um, But assailants were never found. But then two days later, when at his inauguration, when he was sworn in, Messiah was there by his side and she's like dressed in this bright yellow dress. And then two months after Tom Tobain was sworn in, he and Messiah got officially married in a public ceremony that was held at a stadium in the Capitol. So the soon-to-be first lady actually made the prime minister, who is nearly 40 years older than her, wait in the sun on the stage for two hours while she got ready. Really? Wow. Can you imagine at your own wedding? Yeah. So the local press like wrote all about Messiah's. He's like, the prime minister. Oh my God. The prime minister. Yeah. She's like, 
yeah, she's um, she's like a force. Yes, she had this like striking cream and gold wedding dress. Um, she, they were marching bands, but like nobody talked about the murder. And actually, in this random coincidence, so Tom Tobain's first wife, her name was Yayi, actually died the same day that Lipoello was murdered. What? Yeah, like not related. I think she died of natural causes. But at his wedding to Messiah, they held a moment of silence for Yayi, but they did nothing for Lipoello. Wow. And so there may have been like some suspicion about their links, you know, like very convenient. Yeah. But nothing was ever found. And the two started their rule as the first couple of Lesotho. And Messiah... As you can tell, she's like, she's a lot. And she became a very controversial figure for her moves as the first lady. And people actually called it a bedroom coup because it became clear that she was the one calling many of the shots for her husband. So, like, she decided who should be appointed to ministerial roles and who should be fired. And in the two and a half years of Tom Tobain's administration, Messiah was accused of causing chaos in the government by meddling in the affairs of the state. She had also been accused of seeking to control control some of the ministers, especially when it came to like awarding contracts. She allegedly ordered the removal of the former health minister after he wouldn't unlawfully award a multi-million dollar um, catering and laundry. Um, contract to wow. one of her friends. And in 2018, she allegedly assaulted a doctor at a hospital for, I, it's not exactly sure why, but, wow. um, and then last year, Messiah threatened assault to the Minister of Gender, Youth, Sports, and Recreation for having spoke to her husband without her consent. And all he asked was he just talked to the prime minister and asked him to greet the players before a soccer match, which was a thing that I guess the prime minister usually does. And she threatened him because she's like, everybody goes through me. Nobody can talk to my husband. Wow. Um, Kind of the biggest thing that she did that was scandalous was she started using a trust fund to help um, the needy and destitute in Lesotho. But most people accuse her of using the fund as a money laundering scheme. Um, One of the directors of the fund actually fled the country after she was taken in for questioning about this fraud. Then in January, one of Messiah's procurement officers was actually found dead under unclear circumstances. And it's not clear exactly what happened to this person, but it's said that she leaked this WhatsApp video of Messiah and Tom Tobain singing in their bedroom. They're just in like nightgowns and they're singing some song that's like, I don't know, I don't, they're just wow. singing. They look very silly and it went viral on social media. And then this woman who apparently leaked it was found dead. <gasps> this is like Ozark. It's crazy, right? But it's so it's, it's like not in yeah, I was the yeah. Ozarks. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like like Lesotho is the Ozarks of Africa. He's That's like what everybody the, says. Jason, the prime minister is like the Jason Bateman of <laughs> South Africa. Exactly. <laughs> you get it now. <laughs> and she's the Laura Linney. She's I get Laura it. Linney. I get it, Sally. <laughs> Sorry, I should have connected that before. <laughs> <laughs> 
So for two and a half years, you know, Messiah's doing this crazy stuff and everybody is like, she's this big controversial figure, but there's no movement on Lipoello's murder in all this time. And then Tom Tobane made a dumb move in what seems to be a series of crazy dumb moves. He tried to oust the police chief, whose name is Holomo Molabelli. And the police chief says that the reason that Tom Tobane did this is because the police chief had begun to look into the murder of Lipoello once again. So Tom Tobane tries to fire the police chief, and the police chief then files a lawsuit to stop him from removing him. And in that lawsuit, he publicly accused the prime minister and the first lady of hiring hitmen to kill Lipoello. And he included in it a letter he had sent to the prime minister on December 23rd, 2019. This was before Tom Tobane had tried to fire him that said, the investigations into the murder reveal that there was a telephonic communication at the scene of the crime in question with another cell phone. And that cell phone number belongs to you. Wow. So they found out whoever the hitmen are, somebody at the scene of the crime called Tom Tobane right after she was murdered, after Lipoella was murdered. And the court actually ruled that the police chief's job was protected, so he continued investigating. And the police ordered Messiah to come in for questioning on January 10th, but she failed to appear, so an arrest warrant was issued for her. And it was actually found out that soon that she had fled to South Africa. And the police commissioner said that this investigation was one of the most complex and dangerous cases that he had worked on in his 32 years as a policeman. He says, it hasn't been easy. There have been many attempts for this investigation not to continue, but I believe what we are doing is right. As long as my conscience is clear, the people of Lesotho want to know the truth and it is our job to investigate and get that truth. So on January 20th, um, so this is all this year. This just happened. Tom Tobane announced that he would be stepping down as prime minister starting in July. But he was like, oh, it's because I'm old. He's 80. He's like, it's because I'm old. And But he'd not because there's this investigation into his former wife's death. Um, and the ruling party, actually, they want him to resign right away. But he so far, he has refused. He's continuing to be, be prime minister. Um, but after, so then after nearly a month on the run at the beginning of February, Lesotho's first lady, Messiah was charged with the murder of Lipoello and she negotiated with law enforcement to return to Lesotho to stand trial. So she was actually charged alongside eight others who are said to be involved in the murder. They said that she hired assassins to kill Lipoello and she is actually currently, she was let out on bail of $65 and she's awaiting trial. So what? Yeah. Dollars? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. So on February 20th, 2020, police announced that actually that Prime Minister Thomas Tobane has also been charged with the murder of his estranged wife, making him the first African leader to be charged with a domestic murder while in office. And the woman who was with Lipoello when and was also shot at the time After that happened, she fled to South Africa because she feared for her life, but she's actually expected to be the star witness in the trials. Wait, who is the star witness? So the woman, when Lipoella was shot, there was another woman in the car with her. Okay, okay. So now that they've found the the supposed gunmen, she is going to come back and I think she can ID them. So, but that's actually kind of where things stand now. This is, like I said, this is, it's evolving pace. 
Yes, happening in real time. Wow. Um, both Messiah and Thomas Tobane deny any involvement. Um, they say, of course, that everything is politically motivated. And uh, Messiah's trial was actually supposed to start on March 14th, but it hasn't. Her lawyer has asked for the charges to be dropped since she wasn't given a speedy trial. And then Thomas Tobane is claiming that in his position as prime minister, he has immunity from any criminal charges. So now before the murder charge can be heard, there has to be this constitutional case about whether or not he has immunity because of his position. So that's all happening right now. Wow. And then, yeah, I'll keep an eye on this one and let you know as it happens. So, you yeah. know, it's like we think our government's fucked, but. Update, update. Update, oh, update. No, ours is more fucked. It is more fucked. I would know. I'm like, this sounds <laughs> like. <more> <laughs> <laughs> it's like these people are just, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's all fucked. It's all yeah. fucked. It's all fucked. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's my crazy story. I love it. Hey, guys. We have a Patreon now, and we want you to join because we need you. We need a, we need some support, and we would love to give you guys some extra fun content that we can't do just on our weekly podcast. So, yes. um, so I'm just going to tell you guys, you know, you guys know how Patreon works. You find us at Dumb Love Podcast on Patreon. And we have three levels. Um, so for $3 a month, you, that is our quickie level, um, you get 20% off of all Dumb Love merchandise. You also get like a sneak peek of our new stuff. We're going to have some new fun stuff coming out soon. And you also get one extra quickie episode each month. So that means you'll get, we'll both do quickies. It'll be a fun, it'll be a shorter episode, but it'll be a fun Patreon exclusive episode. And then if you join our crazy level, which is $6 a month, you you get that, plus you get behind the scenes photos and videos from our recordings and then also from stuff that we're doing in our lives, a monthly dumb love advice video. So we're going to be taking questions like dumb love, love advice and Jen and I will give you some dumb answers. And then you also get a personal thank you note that I'm sure Jen will write because she's real good at that. And then for $10 a month, you get all of those things plus... There's more. There's uh, more? Yeah, you're going to get a monthly AMA, so you can ask us any questions you want, and and we'll do a video of that. And then you'll also get some exclusive Dumb Love Level swag. That's what, that's what their patron's about. So join up. It would really be helpful to us. Help us keep the podcast going and kind of support. You know, there are a lot of fees and stuff that go along with podcasting, and that would help cover those kind of things. Because we want to do this for forever. Yeah, because we if really love doing us, this. If you you'll guys, have us. If you'll have us, and we promise to make it worth your money, and because we would really appreciate it, and we're going to do some fun stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Hey, Sally. Hey, Jen. It's all fucked. Are you ready for <laughs> something nice that'll something. make you feel good in your heart? I would love something good in my heart. Great. Perfect. Perfect. Oh my God. There's something that I'm not even PMSing, but there's something about the story that as I was like researching it, it just brought, it like made me tear up like a thousand times. Ooh, I can't wait. A thousand times. And it's something that like, it's very, very, okay. I can't, I won't say anymore. Okay. Um, So this article was written in February of 2019 for a magazine called 425 Magazine, which okay. they were doing a, like a Valentine's editorial or whatever and uh -huh. on different flavors of love. This particular story that was written by Shelby Rowe Moyer. 
Sorry, that's a lot. I said a lot of things there. Okay, <laughs> so this is the story of artist Carrie Schmidt. Uh, so Carrie Schmidt grew up in a family full of adoring romantics. Like her grandfather, Woodrow Schmidt, would bring a rose home every month for his beloved wife, Margaret, so that she could have, a rose was her favorite flower. And that way she could have her favorite flower year round. That's Carrie, really sweet. Isn't that so sweet? It's really that. sweet. Um, and so Carrie remembers growing up that their house was like a shrine to roses because it's, they just saw that as a symbol of their love and the fact that he would do this for his wife. So there would be rose pillows, uh, rose decor all along the house, around yeah. the house is what I'm trying to say. And That's then um, you, I don't know if you're, my mom uh, always had tons of ducks growing up and it's she so- Sorry, she was like, ahead. yeah, it was just, it's funny because it was like, a she had this huge duck collection. And I, she told me like later, in, like later in life, she was just like, yeah, I don't even like ducks. I just, like, somebody, <laughs> I think I got one and then everybody thought I liked ducks. And so then that's what everyone gave me for her gifts. And I remember getting her duck stuff too, because I thought she liked it. And she was like, I don't even give a shit about ducks. I swear to God, that was like an 80s thing. Like every single one of my friend's parents had a thing. Yes. And their whole house was ducks or chickens or pigs and or bears. Right. I had a friend, uh, Melissa Barbecchio, she listens to this a podcast. Um, her mom had these like, well, she had ducks everywhere, but she also had these like elephants and you would, it was considered good luck if you tied a dollar bill around the elephant's trunk. It was supposed okay. to bring you fortune. So she had like all these elephants around the house with dollar bills tied to the trunk and we couldn't even use it for cigarette money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think I your mom made that up. That. Like, <laughs> I think your mom made that up to get people to give her dollars. Probably, like, no, probably. That was, that's actually really smart. Yeah, that's my thing. My <laughs> thing is money. So <laughs> yeah. give little gifts of money. I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> And it and I love I love roses. I know that's supposed to be cliche, and you're not supposed to say that you love roses, but roses are my favorite flower. If How dare you? If he wants to give me some, I think that it's so sweet that he would bring that to her. So she always remembered this like single red rose at her grandparents' house in this glass vase that was always there. And like it just m- reminds me of like Beauty and the Beast. You know? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was yeah. like, <laughs> was it slowly wilting? Yes. <laughs> Until the last petal would fall, <laughs> break the curse. So she said that she thought that if she looked really hard at this rose, that she would be able to see her future. Is what she used to tell herself, which is really cute. She always so growing up around romantics as a child, you know, she always had that like soft spot in her heart. But then after years and years of just life, dude, you know, like mm-hmm. living, where's you know, now, like, man? Yeah, just like shitty relationships. And then this was back in February of 2017 when she said she could feel her heart hardening and herself sinking deeper and deeper into hopelessness after dealing with a series of unhealthy relationships on top of the fact that the political climate was just like so shitty. Everything felt so hopeless. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just I do a- know. I yeah. Do. It was a bad time for us ladies. She said that she found herself becoming really cynical and she just was not believing in love. 
And so she decided to meditate about this and she heard a voice in her head, which she believes that, you know, maybe her grandfather told her, you know, follow the roses and everything will be okay. Okay. And so two of Carrie's favorite passions were painting and yoga. These are things that also through meditation, she felt like someone, a voice was telling her to get into painting and get into yoga. So in, in 2009, when she had started painting, she was also diagnosed with a life-threatening heat allergy that left her bedridden. Apparently what? her, yeah, her body reacted to any internal or external heat. So she said that even walking up and down the stairs, holding her baby would cause her to swell and break out in hives. Oh my gosh. Um, I've never yeah, heard that. That's so crazy. Isn't, I know that's all she said that that was the first time that she heard this internal voice in her head and that was when it told her that she needed to start painting and so she started painting and now she's a very talented artist she's a very successful artist I actually when I was researching her I saw that they have her prints and stuff at world market oh really yeah maybe you want to buy one and so, <laughs> uh, so I just want to buy anything right now that's I'm like I just want to go walk around the store. It makes you feel normal. Like shopping, even though it seems so silly and it seems like, you know, what do we need all this stuff for and whatever, but there's just, it's just a little piece of normalcy. Yeah. You know? So she became a full-time, she's a full-time yoga teacher and artist. She said not long after Valentine's Day in 2017, she was having a particularly bad morning when she just decided to herself, like, I, you know what? I don't need a man. I don't need a man to be happy and I don't need a band to buy me flowers. Hell like, yeah, Carrie. And so she decided that she would just buy one for herself. It wouldn't be any less meaningful if you bought a rose for yourself. So she decided to a nearby store and she bought herself a single red rose. She said that it was like an unusually warm day and people were all walking around in clusters um, outside and there was like a ton of people at Starbucks. She went inside to get her coffee and she had a rose. And she said that she noticed that when she was walking around with this single rose that people would look down at her rose and smile. Yeah, like the thought of her carrying a flower just made her made strangers happy. So she said, "When I saw everyone smiling at the rose, that's when it hit me. They all need roses too, and I'm supposed to give them the roses. All my life, I've been waiting to receive them. Like yeah, that she needed, like she wanted someone to give her love and give her roses, like her grandfather did her grandmother. But then she realized, like, but I'm I can be giving the roses. Oh my yeah. god." Like, like just like her grandfather, she right. said. So she said that that she decided that that was the voice in her head was her grandfather telling her that she needed to give a single red rose to a stranger every day for a year. So I love she started, that. Isn't that so awesome? So yeah. she started what's called the Single Rose Project, where she would give a red a single red rose to a person every day, and she gave her first rose to a woman at the same store that she bought the rose from in the first place. And then from then on, she worked this into her daily routine and she carried a rose with her until she felt compelled to hand it off. And she said it was awkward every time. And, yeah. that, um, you know, a lot of people shied away from her or thought that she was trying to sell something. Right. But she's, they um, thought she was like one of those like rose for the lady. Rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> and she said that some people just completely turned her down and was like, yeah. I don't, get out of here. But she said that it got easier and she had really good experiences. 
And then she kind of told herself and had faith that if someone said no, then that meant that they weren't supposed to have that rose. It was meant for somebody else, which I think is really cool. And so during her project, she started to notice that people would sit up a little straighter and they would like open up and they seem lighter and happier. She handed them a rose. And there is a video on her website, which is carrieschmidtdesign.com. And you can click on there where she has um, a a tab for the single rose project. And there's a a news story, a video that you could watch and it shows her handing out the flowers to people. And, you know, you really do see them like light up. Yeah. A special day or something. And she was like, yeah, it doesn't have to be sure. Let's call it a special day. And you know, there it's just, it's really sweet. And so she said if they've seemed comfortable, you know, and open to it, she'd like have a conversation with them and learn about them and hear about their life. And one woman told Carrie that her husband had just passed and that she felt like the rose was sent from him. This is oh. what I told <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> So and then another w- woman said that she was re- recently found out she was pregnant and she felt like the rose was a good omen, like yeah. everything was going to be okay. Aww. And so these little connections kept and stories kept popping up again and again. And then she said that she realized that everyone had a story. Everyone is going through their own thing. Everyone deserves tenderness. And every single person I pass probably could have used a rose. I think symbols are really important. I think it gives, this is all her quote. Yeah. Um, I think it gives people a touch point to process something that they're going through. We want to have meaning in our lives. Um, we want to find connection. I'm like, what the heck? Why are you <laughs> I just think this is like quarantined. Really yes, like we're all in quarantine right now. And we need these connections. Um, and so, and it's funny because this article was written years ago. So the last day of her project was in March 21st, which was almost two years ago to the day. Almost. Yeah. So, but on the last day of her project, she went to the Hope Place shelter in Seattle. Um, which caters to women experiencing addiction and abuse. It says, inspired by the women's suffrage adage, give us bread and roses, which I had never heard that before, but that's interesting. But um, Carrie picked up, she went to the store and got a few cakes with sugary roses on the top of it. And she served slices of cake and roses to 50 or so women at the shelter. Oh, and. And this is just another long quote from Carrie, who's so beautiful and so well-spoken and just such a lovely person. But she said, these women are sacred. They are divine. They're imperfect. They're messy. They've made mistakes. Some have had ankle monitors on, but this is where divinity lives and our humanness. I've done some stupid stuff. I've had a lot of shame and choices I've made in my past, but here we are. These women are still getting up in the morning. They're still working at their jobs. It was really empowering. Um, and so right at the same time that she ended this project, she found an old beat up bluebird handy bus on Craigslist that she bought for $4,500 and she tore out all the seeds and she painted it like cute pink color and she named the bus Rosie. It's so cute. I'll post a picture. It's like a bus yeah. covered in rose paintings. The interior is a studio workspace that doubles as a traveling storefront for where she sells her art, but she says it's also the ultimate symbol for freedom. It was the perfect ending for the memoir she's writing about this experience, which she aims to publish this year, it says. So I don't know, maybe there is a book. Um, I'll look that up. 
Yeah. Or Google it. You Google it. You Google it. <laughs> but um, so you yeah, right I, now? I you got time. So yeah, so every once in a while, she says she'll still pick up a rose to give it away. And she says the project changed her and taught her that she can create her own magic in life. Anything can become a sacred ritual that teaches a lesson. That's Isn't awesome. It? There's so with so many of uh, the love stories and whatever. It's like I have to really like hold back my internal like eye roll, you know, where I'm like I just want to be cynical about people. Like right. where she's like something in my voice was, you know, in my head was telling me that I need to do yoga or whatever. But we should listen to the voices. We should listen to yeah, ourselves, and then like, we shouldn't be cynical about somebody trying to spread joy in the world. Like I, not we, I, I shouldn't be cynical. And look at what. Like the beautiful thing that came out of it, you know? (laughs) I know. I'm I'm sorry. You're far from a jerk ever. You're the sweetest thing ever. Um, But I I love that. Um, What I loved about this story and doing this love story in particular is that, well, A, I think it it resonates with everybody right now, given the situation that we're in. But I really loved a story that had nothing to do with my only love and happiness comes from finding this other person. Yeah. I love yeah, I love that she yeah. had that realization of like, oh, I've always wanted someone to give me a rose. Why don't I be the person that gives the rose? That's yeah. amazing. Like, that's like a metaphor for so much shit. Don't wait for another person to bring you happiness. Make your own happiness. I think that yeah. all and the by time. And giving in- other people roses, she felt the love herself. So. Yeah. Um, but so she on her website, uh, carryschmidtdesign.com, she also has she has these rose cards that you can buy um, where you carry these. They're really pretty little cards. You carry them with you, and then you give them to anybody that you think needs a kind gesture. Oh, that's sweet. Um, and there's like little nice sayings and stuff on the cards. I just think that's really sweet. Yeah. So Have you heard about that? Check them out. There's some like, mom here in in our neighborhood that mm-hmm. she like writes handwrites little letters that are just like hey mom you're doing great like i see you and you're you're awesome and oh she'll give God. them to like she's like another mom around maybe struggling at the grocery store or something and sometimes she just like leaves them on people's in their mailboxes and i don't know who it is but i've seen lots of posts of people who are like oh my god i got one of the letters and I just that's think that's like so really cool. sweet. And I yeah. imagine if I got one of those, I would start crying. Be like, Oh, you. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I would love that. You know, like I would find that lovely. So, okay. We did those. We did those. <laughs> we did our stories. We're, we're chugging along. Do we want to do something dumb and something I love? No. No. Yes, of course. Of course. Okay. You go first. Then. Okay. I think, I mean, I, something dumb is, it's got to be. It's got to be Corona, right? I know. I, like, I mean, it's just going to have to be, but we'll have to find other things that are dumb because yeah. we might be doing this for months. That's true. Oh, that's dumb. So I'm just going to, that's my dumb thing. But uh, the thing that I love is finding people and seeing how people are like stepping up and doing amazing things Oh yeah. during this time. And I just, I actually wanted to talk about a couple different organizations in the Atlanta area that are doing really cool things. So this guy, Terrence Lester, he runs a nonprofit called Love Beyond Walls. And he has been traveling all around Atlanta and placing portable sinks outside so that people who are homeless can wash their hands. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So so awesome. It's really cool. Like he just was like, you know what? He was like, I know it's not solving 
this huge issue, but I thought, here's one small thing I can do, so let me start there. And he was like, people who are homeless are super susceptible because obviously they don't have a place to shelter, and so, but and they can't wash their hands, so they're not getting clean, so let me at least help with washing their hands. So he found this famous gospel singer who lives in Atlanta, sponsored these 17 hand washing stations and they every night they go and pick them up and they wash them and clean them and refill them with soap and water and then they they go to different places where there's like a a big homeless population. So I thought that was really cool and then of course like Atlanta Food Bank is providing meals to so many people and they're doing it without volunteers right now um, because they don't want to put people uh, at risk, but they're doing so much to like coordinate the meals with kids who are out of school and um, and aren't getting meals at home. And then also, I just wanted to shout out Atlanta Legal Aid, which is where I work. I don't know if I've ever said that, but and I'm just like watching all these people that I work with are like, you know, they're working so hard from their homes to help people get benefits, help them, you know, people who are facing like illegal evictions right now, help people get temporary protective orders who are in domestic violence situations. And it's just really cool to see how all of these people are coming together. So if you want to give money to, I mean, look in your community, because I'm sure there are, but if you're in Atlanta, it's lovebeyondwalls.org, atlantafoodbank.org, or atlantalegalaid.org are just three of many organizations who are doing awesome things. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad that you touched base on all of those things. Um, so mine can sound really dumb. <laughs> that's what I was. Ho- that's what I was ho- going for. <laughs> I'm like, if no, you I mean, my- say love is blind. <laughs> I actually, I just got a text from my friend and our our listener, um, Diane Gallagher, was like, "Oh, I love Diane Gallagher." Yeah, she was like, "Okay, I watched one episode." And I know Jen said it got it gets better, but like, does it get better? And I was like, yes, I, never I, am. <laughs> I was did like, I never went back. <laughs> did she ever get past the first episode? I don't think so. I think she watched the first episode it. and had to turn it off, like I did. And so she was like, yeah. "Does it get less cringy?" I was like, "I don't know. I didn't go back." <laughs> I mean, that's why it's so great. But I swear <laughs> to God, it is better after the first episode. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I, but I did see on um, Instagram, uh, one of our listeners said that she went and watched all of the um, Heartbreakers episodes after listening to last week's episode. So I was like, did you love it? And she loved it. So. <laughs> I, can, I have to watch those. I'm so excited about them. I think maybe oh Ben and I are going to have a viewing party. I posted a link to it on our Dumb Love group on Facebook, and then I also posted it in our Patreon. So if you want the cool... Um, Links and tips, gotta get in those things. Yeah. Um, but I guess anything that's dumb, you know, obviously the corona virus is no fun. Last night was actually Zach and I's an- 11th anniversary. Oh, so yeah. Happy anniversary. Had- Thank you. Oh, like you didn't know. Like I know. didn't already do a thing where you posted. <laughs> I know, but I forgot to say it to you in, as like a person – like a, a friend, not just like online. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was like we couldn't do all the things that we had planned. You know, we had tickets to like we were going to go see Kermit Ruffins and then it's fine. I mean, it's just like I really wish my phone would stop sending me all these reminders of these events that I had. That I, I know. <laughs> uh, so but we ended up having a good time. We like or- ordered Thai food and we watched. We watched. I was on. Um, 
the TV lot. I was like waiting to see if you were going to mention it. And if not, then I was going to call you out. Jen was on TV. It was on, so it's on Circle Network, which is for Opry TV. Um, You can just, I guess, I look it up online and figure out how to watch it. I don't even know if it's going to air again. I have no idea. But it's something for a stand-up natural. And I completely forgot about it until somebody posted about it and tagged me in it. And then I wasn't even going to watch it because I hate watching myself. But yeah, it's hard. Was, was sweet and, like, set up the TV. It, it's, like, on... Not like on Comcast, you have to like get it on your TV. Oh, right. Like the, the inside, the TV on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can just say you don't know how it works. <laughs> What'd you say? TV on the inside. <laughs> TV on the inside. The TV. The t- <laughs> Let's like just TV basic. Talk about how cool it is, though, that you filmed it. Stand-up set for TV. I don't care what TV, if it's on the inside or the outside TV. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you. And I'm you were awesome. At, at accepting those things. But um, no, it was, it was fine. It was like cool. It was, it was just kind of a fun thing to do, I guess. So, but we had a good time. We had a good anniversary. That's we're great. Gonna, today is the day after our anniversary. We're going to set up an outdoor movie. Uh, we're just going to keep this anniversary train going. Oh, that's such a great idea to do an outdoor movie. I feel like we're talking, we just like don't want to end this episode because we just don't want to stop talking to another human being. I know. Is that what's happening? I think that's what's happening. I guess we should stop. Yeah. I guess we should wrap this episode up, but, um, man, now more than ever, do we want to hear from you guys? Like, please reach out to us. Even if you just want to talk to us on Instagram, like on a side message. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk to you. We want to uh, chat. Yeah, I want to see. We want to see what you guys are doing. We want to see what your what your quarantines look like or what you're thinking. What about uh, uh, Sally? You and I have not even discussed this yet. Sorry to throw this on you, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right. What about if we did like a group Zoom? Would you guys want to do that? You guys want a group Zoom? Yeah, like if we all talk together at the same time. I don't know how many. <laughs> okay, if, if we end up getting in groups of more than 20 at a time, we might have to break it up into groups, but maybe we can do that at some point. Yeah, we'll put we'll uh, put out some feelers. We'll edit this out if you're not down, Sally. <laughs> we'll put out some feelers. I did get a little um, anxious thinking about it, okay, but, sorry. but I, can, I, can, I can get over it. I can get out of my comfort zone. I can give a rose. I don't have to get the rose all the time. I can give exactly. a rose. Exactly, give a rose. Give a rose. <laughs> For once in your life, Sally, give a rose. <laughs> <laughs> um okay you guys oh man hit us up we're gonna zoom you find us on instagram facebook twitter at dumb love podcast email us at dumblovepod at gmail find us on patreon we have now have a semi-drunk video that we put up done love advice we also put out a semi-drunk quickie <laughs> Hey, episode yeah and lots of um yeah lots of pictures and fun stuff like extras from the episodes so yeah find us there and uh, and thank you guys for listening and we really hope that you guys are um safe and that you're doing all right and reach out if you're not yeah just reach out and stay inside but still do something dumb for love love it dumb da dum 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 da dum da dum dum da dum 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 da dum da dum da dum dum da dum 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 da dum da dum dum dum